Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Oh, to have my life henceforth a poem of new joys. To dance, clap hands, exult, shout, skip, leap, roll on, float on. To be a sailor of the world, bound for all ports. A ship itself. See indeed these sails I spread to the sun and air. A swift and swelling ship, full of rich words, full of joys. Welcome to Cop on Podcast, you shaken little Stephen. I haven't done an intro for a while, but I thought those opening lines from the 19th and final stanza of Walt Whitman's Poems of Joys were entirely appropriate as we, the worldwide Liverpool family, get ready to nurse a new burn on our milksome bosom. Luis Fernando Diaz, welcome to Liverpool, sir. Please help spread the word by sharing Cop On if you enjoy it, by following us on Twitter, by supporting us on Patreon, or by daubing your local police cars with the letters K-O-P space O and N in rainbow-coloured paint. My name's Owen. I'm very happy to bring you a fruity and special episode with a very special guest. And so without any further procrastination, here it is. Enjoy! All right! Welcome, everybody. Welcome, whoever you are, wherever you are, across this green, brown, metallic, polluted, but beautiful planet of ours. Um, On the other side of the planet, as I struggle on in winter, um, is the country of Australia, from where I am joined by the man, the legend, who is Couch Nish. Nish, how the devil are you? It's been a long time. I'm hot and sweaty. It's uh, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt, doing all the typical things that people on the other side of the planet should be doing in summer. But yeah, I'm good, mate. It's just great to hear your voice. I've, I haven't been on a podcast in like a year, and I think what yours was one of the last ones I was on. So, mate, it's just great to talk to you again. Well, I hope I didn't put you off. Um, what have you been up to in that in that year? Uh, raising my son, uh, creating another, <laughs> however disgusting that sounds, uh, but yeah, I've got a baby girl on the way coming in April. So Divox getting a, a little sister, which is oh, pretty congratulations. exciting. Congratulations. Fantastic. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. And just generally looking after myself, let's just put it that way and bringing myself back to a happy place, which is, which is where I'm at right now. So yeah, good times. Well, I'm very happy for you. I'm very, very happy that you're happy. Everyone should take time to do that. If you're not in a bad place, that's okay. But you can take steps, get the help you need. Anybody out there who's struggling, you will never walk alone. Get in touch, all of that stuff. Um, well done, Nish. That sounds great. That sounds absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, I mean, are you, are you, do you still, I don't know, do you listen to podcasts? How do you keep up with the, with the Liverpool news? Is it just on the, on the Twitter sphere? Uh, completely, yeah. I, I've, I really took a step away from podcast land completely. You know, four and a half years of the LFC podcasting couch, the original name, then the LFC couch. 
And I was just like, oh, I'm so done. I've been listening to business podcasts and true crime podcasts and all those kind of things, all the, all the fun ones. Uh, so uh, apart from that, you know, it, it's good to take a step away completely when you know, oh, I think I've reached the end now. And then Twitter is doing just a fine job right now of showing us every angle of the the football Twitter sphere with Liverpool and Mate, there's a lot of news. There's a lot of things to talk about. So it, it keeps you busy, to say the least. There are indeed a lot of things to talk about. Um, <clears throat> without the hysterical reactions that there is, that there are on Twitter, um, you know, of course, the big news, the big exciting news for many people, Buenas, Buenas Diaz. I think that's how you pronounce it. Luis Diaz. Um, he's just turned 25. Or he was 25 on the 13th of January. Um, people um, are going crazy. Their, their synapses are, are popping and melting and exploding. How are you feeling about it? I don't know. <laughs> he's an exciting signing. It's it's a long time since we've had one where we go, oh, damn. Like you would think Canate last year, frankly, it's the same price, right? So you should be going, oh, it's, that's, that's the excitement. Or Diogo Jota. You should be like, oh, wow, that's the big, big signing. But at the time, we we're kind of like, oh, yeah, they will do a good job, we think. But then we have this guy and we saw his goal against Man City. Well, I saw it live. Uh, I think I saw it live, but I definitely saw it happening at the time. I was like, damn, yeah, go, 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 go. And then you just you hear about him, you hear about him, you hear about him. And then there seems to be a big move and it's real. And there's little, little smatterings about. And then all the bloody YouTube videos come out and you get a, a little bit too excited. And then you look <laughs> into his stats and you get really excited. And so now I'm kind of at a euphoric state, I would say, going, this guy will be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> But, you see, but, because it's been rumoured all throughout January from various sources that we were in, in, in for him, then I've been looking at some of his stats, right? And I'll give you some of them now, because um, there, there's a bit of a contradiction for me. I mean, you know, you can get swept up um, in the zeitgeist of Diaz hype, but it's it's this based on this season only. So this season... He's been incredible. Okay, not just from you know what you can what you can uh, hear or watch on YouTube. Our, our friends at Proxima Jornada put out a video about how how brilliant he is and how amazing he's been. And any Portuguese journalist who follows the the Portuguese football, you could you they all say unanimously he's been unbelievable this year. Fourteen goals and four assists in eighteen Premier League matches. That's that's a goal involvement. In every single match, which is which is nuts, way more goals than assists. Um, in the Champions League, of course, he played against us twice, and I don't think he was very good against us. He was okay; he showed a few moments, but his goals—he uh, only managed two goals. Well, only two goals more in the Champions League than me. But he—he, he, uh, you know, he uh, managed two goals and no assists in six Champions League matches. And then, if you look at his stats. For example, what surprises me is how poor his stats are on fbref.com, which of course looks at the last 365 days and not this season. Because last season, he only got six goals in uh, 30 
appearances, 16 starts. So he wasn't even starting for Porto last season. His pressing, for example, of course, that's obviously a tactical thing and under Klopp it will be different, but it's only he's only in the 16th percentile across Europe. His past completion is only the 59th percentile. His assists um, is really poor. Um, you know, his expected assists is in the 69th percentile and the fact that he, he hardly ever gets any assists put him, puts him way down in the sort of 13th percentile, uh, I think. Oh, sorry, even the, the zero percentile, because <laughs> I don't know why they say zero. That's that's pretty bad. Um, but anyway, uh, there are a lot of stats that, that say that he's, he might not be the greatest player yet. But if you look at his stats from this year and the bottom line stats, the the goals and the goal involvements, one per game is astonishing. Um, you know, there are basically, there's more than one way of, you know, looking at the Diaz egg. And I just wonder if you think that he's someone who can and will explode continue his explosion of form which has only happened this season I think you have to uh, we've seen players in the past we've seen the Mohamed Sellers of the past you know not do so well particular seasons go into other leagues do okay do well uh, in vastly inferior uh, leagues and so forth and go ah, are they really going to be able to do something and just something about what we saw, what we chose, Diogo Jota for a reason. Was he setting the league alight? Were we there going, oh my God, he's only got one one goal, two goal, five goals, whatever. But the people who really sat down and watched him, and the, I'm not one of those people. I'm certainly not one of those people for Luis Diaz. The ones that really sat down and watched him, and I know a few of them are my followers on Twitter, uh, they were like calling him out a year or two ago, going, that guy, I like him much more than the XYZ player. If we go for him, he's going to be a success. Um, I'm going to do my whole, you know, shine my own light here about Andy Robertson. Not many people were looking at Andy Robertson and I was calling him out way before we were even linked with the guy because I saw what he would add to our team. At the time, I thought he was playing really well because he was acting more like a midfielder a lot. He was swapping with the midfield a lot. And I was going, oh, that's kind of what Milner does. And if we have him, we'll have like a younger, left-footed, proper left-back who can swap in midfield and, and play very well there. That's kind of what sparked me originally. So when you look at his raw stats, yeah, especially historically, don't look the greatest. However, when you look at his style of play, what he's doing, taking on players a lot, not afraid to take on players, not afraid to use a bit of skill, he looks a lot like Firmino to me uh, in the way that he moves is trying things a bit more bolder. However, he's got an eye for goal, which Firmino really does <laughs> look away. Uh, I think one thing he didn't call out was that from those 14 goals, which is second most in in uh, Portugal, 14, the most is Darwin Nunes on 15 goals. He got those 14 goals from 23 shots only. So again, when he does take those shots, he scores. <laughs> But is it a lucky streak? I mean, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to poo-poo this because I am excited. Okay. Don't, don't get me wrong here. I, I'm very excited about this signing, but I remember Milan Barros being the top scorer in, in Euro, whatever it was just before he signed us. And he had about, he had about five shots and scored four goals. That's my only concern is that this is an incredible hot streak that he's on. 
and he's not actually that good. But you, you're very right to point out Diogo Jota, but he's someone that I was watching, and uh, Brian was watching from Cop On as well. And 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 we were really excited because you're you're absolutely right. Before he joined us, he only had seven goals in about thirty three Premier League appearances and one assist. So it could be the same thing. And and it's very very true. It's a very good point. I I haven't watched. I don't watch the the Portuguese league. Um, but uh, I just wonder if you know this is this is this is just a hot streak that that, that doesn't concern you. You're you're just you're just have complete faith in the transfer committee that they've uh, they've uncovered this uncut diamond. A million percent. Uh, it's very hard not to uh, trust what they do. Uh, you kind of just have to stick your head into a situational moment. So stick your head into a game or against I don't know. West Ham, someone someone that we have to face very, very soon. We've got the usual Mane, Firmino, Salah on the right. We need a goal. And suddenly we chuck on Jota for Firmino, and then we chuck on Luis Diaz for Mane. And suddenly got Diaz, Jota, and Salah. And suddenly the drop-off in quality is not very much, if at all. And suddenly you're going, oh, damn. We've got Salah, one of the greatest strikers of the greatest goal scorers we've ever had. We've got Jota, who just seems to find a goal. And suddenly we've got Luis Diaz, a guy who's not afraid to take people on. He's got buckets of pace, loads of skill, and can, you know, shoot and score from anywhere. He's got the confidence right now because this is now the level he's got himself to. So stick his head into that situation and go, yeah, I can definitely see 40 mil being worth it when you got that coming off the bench for Sadio Mane, who, let's say, is not even struggling. We just need something else off the bench, finally, at 60 minutes to just take on and try and get us a goal. That excites the hell out of me. Me too. I'm playing the devil's advocate a little bit because, yeah, when you talk like that, it makes me all jiggly, jiggly, wiggly, all about this 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 guy because he for me he's you know looking on the positive side now you know to 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 to, to connect with all my excitement about this he's going to be a bit like an Alain Maxima for us who's a player I adore uh, because his dribbling is superb and he's he's going to be unpredictable and even that thing that video on Twitter of him having to kick about with his mates uh, the other day in Colombia where he's sort of doing all these crazy tricks um, obviously he's just playing with his mates but it's it it's just oh man this is really 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 exciting that we're going to have this unpredictable guy this dribbler this guy who's going to you know take the breath away that kind of thing really 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 excites me but nish does it come as a at, a, at too big of a a cost when tacky and and, and divok uh, maybe both of them will will fall by the wayside uh, I mean, you named your son after Divock, or perhaps your daughter after Tacky. I don't know. Um, I mean, are you going to miss them if they leave? No. <laughs> I love him to bits. I, I love him to bits. I, I, I haven't got love for Tacky, unfortunately. I think he's he's a good guy, um, but he just he's not at the level. He's he's been. He's not the impactful sub that we need. He's good for the cup games and he scores some cool goals. But I don't, I just don't see him being at the level that we need him to be at the level. Uh, Divock is just a beautiful human being who's just given us, I think he's given us enough memories now. Um, and I think we've all kind of realized he's not going to be a starting striker for us. And we really do need people who are going to pressure our front three. And he's just, 
He's he's had so many years now. He's not getting close to pressuring the front three. See, I love Divock. I still love him. I still love him. I mean, because I, yesterday, for example, YouTube, God bless their robot algorithms. They 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 recommended a um, Road to Wembley League Cup review. And so I, I watched Tacky and Divock playing so well. And I forgot about that goal against Preston. That back heel flick. I mean, he basically invented a new shot with that uh, back heel flick. And it's that kind of improvisation I will I will dearly miss. But, um, you know... I'll, I'll uh, ask you, you one question uh, then on Divock. Uh-huh. One, and this is my gripe I've had with the guy for so long. Cause, and Go you on. know how much I love him. Uh-huh. Name me one moment that he did, which is not a goal that you loved. Oh, but that's not his game. His, the rest of his exactly. game is awful. No, the rest of his game. I'm not. I'm under no illusions. He's 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 a, a unique footballer because he can't do anything apart from kick the ball in the net, which is the opposite problem to most footballers. And, and you know what's um, most annoying is that he looks like he could do a whole lot more, and he just yes. is going, "What is it?" What is it that's going to make him break out of his shell and suddenly sprint a million miles an hour and do loads of stepovers and actually be controlled of the ball and tap it? I don't know. Both guys against Everton and everything. My God, you'll never forget them. But I think, I think, I don't know. If he's happy to stay on the bench, I'd, 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 I'd keep Diva. I'd love him. I'd love him. Yeah, totally. I'd absolutely love to keep him if he's if this knee injury isn't too bad or anything. He's got his academy and stuff set up or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the Origi Academy or something. Oh, mm-hmm. What a guy! What but a guy indeed. Tacky, I don't think is going to make it, unfortunately. No, I think you're right. I mean, and, and another thing, exciting thing about Luis Diaz is that it's the pace, isn't it? That's something that we've missed as an option. If Manny's bless him, he's he's lost a touch of his pace. I mean, all you need to do is go back and look at videos from 17, 18, 18, 19 season, and he's lost just a little bit. He's still brilliant. He's still, you know, a danger to everyone. But, you know, Tacky doesn't offer that pace. Divock doesn't quite have the pace. Well, he's he's got a bit of pace, but he doesn't have the control when he's running with the ball. And so Luis Diaz, very, very, very exciting. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So, uh, so you, you, you think he's going to be a hit? The bottom line is you're 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 chuffed, and he's going to be a hit, like a you know, like a like a hit on a pinata from Hulk Hogan uh, with an axe, without a doubt. Uh, just at first viewing, I think I think he's that Coutinho-sized hole that the team's been missing when it comes to flair, the unpredictability. We got it. It a bit in Firmino because, but he he doesn't pull it out enough. But he when he does it, you can see even over in Australia, you can see the people in Anfield just lift off their chair a little bit, go, what was that? And just we need that little bit of extra spark. And Mane's got it with insane pace. Salah's got it with insane goals and stuff like that. And the way he moves, goals against Watford, Man City, and those ones. But then we've got another one, right? We got a guy who just. Out of for no reason at all, could be around the halfway line and not make one person do a Rabona or some bullshit, whatever they called around someone else, and and that's just going to get people off their chair and go, oh, that is what we love to see. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, I can't wait, really, uh, yeah, it's going to be so good. Um, speaking, of, I mean, staying with transfers in general, is there any other hole in our squad that you would like to plug? 
Um, I wouldn't mind some decent uh, right back backup. Uh, I love our center back options. I think Matip's having a bit of a dip in form at the moment. Um, remember the other game? I can't even remember who we were against, but Matip wasn't going so well, making a few mistakes, and Kanate came on and had such a good half. Much more accurate with his passing. Really solid. It really solidified the defense. And then Matip played the next game. I think it was our last game. Oh, my brain's just gone frazzled with all this. But then Matip, there was a lot of like gaping holes and things that just opened up for us again. I was like, is that is that Matip's fault? I don't know. It just seems weird because that seemed like the exact same thing that was happening the other game. And then Matip came on, Kanate came on and, and really solidified the defense. So I'm pretty happy, though, with, with the center back. Matip's still not actually that old. Um, midfield is so stacked, and I don't think people realize how stacked our midfield is. We have Thiago Fabinho, Harvey Elliott's come back and scored against Wrexham for the under-23s and got an assist. And then there's Henderson and Milner and Thiago, if I said him, Cater as well, if he gets fit properly. Oh my God, it's just, we will have an insane squad. But right back, backup will be nice, just so Trent can have a breather. In midfield, you don't think like I do. We're missing a ball buster in midfield, a a, a ball winning midfielder. No, that's um, Fabinho and Tyler Morton when he grows up. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but for me, uh, I see the the move around. Thiago can play that position. Cater can actually play that position if he needs to. Curtis Jones can play that position if he needs to. Um, Henderson plays a position if he needs to. It's I know it's, uh, but that's not really the whole midfield isn't designed to attack too much or defend too much. It's to hold that midfield and get the ball off the defenders and to the attackers. So I don't think we need that much more in like a big bulky Momo Sissoko style player. If that's what you're thinking of, I'm thinking yeah maybe a Sissoko type or a you know. Um... Like a like a Bisuma, someone who can do a bit of everything, but is you know they they are you know strong. You know, like if you, if you if you've got in midfield, you're, you're playing Naby Cater and 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 Harvey Elliott, for example, or Curtis Jones and and Cater or Jones and Tiago. And there's, there are lots of wonderful technicians in our squad, but the. You can knock the ball around. You can run past Thiago. You can run past, um, you know, these players. Uh, Harvey Elliott. I mean, we don't know if he's going to develop the defensive side of his game, but he's 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 definitely an amazing attacking midfielder. And I just think that with our system, with the three attackers, with the two high uh, wing backs, then I don't know. I I just think I just think. Our recovery pace, you know, in the counter press, someone who's really dynamic and, you know, ball busting, as I say, is is what's missing. But you're okay with our options there. You're okay. Yeah, I'll do it if possession was our problem. But possession is not our problem. Um, We seem to have too much possession right now. People aren't going at us hardcore and trying to flood our midfield and really destroying us through the middle and stuff. Our our setup is set up as such that when they try and do that, suddenly our midfield three become less wide. They become more central. They they all become defensive midfielders all of a sudden. And and we get the ball back really, really quickly because we try and get the ball back as soon as possible. 
So if if it was a case where we're like 50-50 possession most games, then yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go for it. But I don't think we need one. I think Fabinho just seems to fill, do the job bloody well. Um, and sometimes I feel like I wish he unleashed a few more shots because he looks a bit bored at the back there. Just every time they attack, you know, <laughs> gets his daddy long legs, go-go gadget legs out, wins the ball back, and then he just taps it away and he just waits for the next attack. So... No, I, I genuinely don't think we need any more midfielders, at least for the time being. Um, I just want Cater to get some games under his belt. Every time Curtis Jones plays, he seems to get better and better. Harvey Elliott's a phenomenon of a player. Um, I'd be, you know, we've still got Hendo and all those guys. Hendo's starting to slow down a touch, so we need to start thinking about watching his time. So there's this, I think we've got so many options. I think it's a headache for the team, to be honest. That's very good. That's very reassuring. Thank you very much. Um, uh, yeah, we do have a lot of options. And 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 looking at the the overview of the season, I mean, it's the <coughs> excuse me, it's the pesky international break, of course, at the moment. But just to remind you where we're at, we've played twenty two matches in the Premier League. We've won fourteen. We've drawn six, and we've lost. Two, one against West Ham. And I thought we were unlucky against that. I do think one of the goals should have been disallowed. And I thought that generally we dominated that match. Um, uh, although they did have some good chances. But, um, you know, so we lost against West Ham. We lost against Leicester, which was extremely disappointing. But generally, to, to have only lost two of 22 matches, for me, we're having a great season. The problem is, of course, Man City just win, uh, win and win and win and win and win. So they've won 18 of their 23 matches, which is very boring. Uh, but uh, there you go. So they're on 57 points. We're on 48 points. Of course, we did amazingly well in the group of death in the Champions League. Uh, you know, we we played death and we laughed and spat in its face and we got six out of six wins. Um, wh- what do you make of our season overall? We're in a cup final. It, it's turning out to be one of the best seasons I've ever seen in my life. And I said that early wow. December. Um this could be the greatest season I ever see. And people may laugh and scoff and go, oh, bullshit, right now. But, you know, our next game is Cardiff, fourth round FA Cup. Should beat that, should win, should go to the next round. Uh, in the final against Chelsea in the League Cup, we should beat Chelsea on based on current form. We should beat them. And with the signings we got coming in, and their issues they have, if they start Lukaku, we've won. <laughs> Let's just put it, if they start Zayesh and Lukaku, <laughs> that's an easy win right there. So that's a that's the thing. We're so dominant in the Champions League, you know, 15 out of 15, whatever it was. Ludicrous form there. We're going to win the Premier League too. Simple as that. I'm I'm going to throw a stupid statement out there and people again will go, they're probably turned off by now. The guy's an idiot. But in my head, I'm it's stupidly optimistic. So if we're looking at the points table, 48 points to their 57, but we got a game in hand. So we win our game in hand that goes to 51 points there on 57. That's a six point gap. And then if we beat them, you know, if we all win all of our games leading up to the big game at the Etihad and we beat them, then it's a three point gap. And... I know they are very strong mentally until they do things like draw 2-2 with Southampton and drop two points. And then they do it again, and then they do it again. And the the season we won the, the league, uh, where we just ran away with it, 
I saw a really fragile version of Man City and I just can't wait to see that version again. And so I'm hoping that mentally fragile version of Man City comes back when they go, oh, damn, they, they brought Diaz in. He's scoring goals straight off the bat. Jota's scoring off the bat. There's, a, there's not many holes in that Liverpool squad. We've got to be top shelf every single game. Pressure, 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 pressure. Fail, dropped a couple of points. Liverpool are now very close. So I'm telling you, this is shaping up to be the very best season I've ever seen Liverpool in my 39-odd years. That's a great answer. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, City beat, having been so far ahead and having won uh, 12 matches in a row and failed at the 13th, unlucky, unlucky pet, um, to, to, you know, against Southampton, the 2-2 that you mentioned. Um, uh, oh, sorry, the 1-1 that you mentioned. Yeah, Southampton won, City won. Um they, they, yeah, they, they could bottle it because they were thinking, well, we at one point we were thirteen points ahead, and now we're only six or whatever, and and they'll be, you know, the, I think they will get nervous. I, I do. In in February, they're playing uh, Brentford at home. They should smash them. Norwich away. Norwich, are, they're not playing too badly. Um, but obviously, City are huge favourites for that one. But then they're at home to Tottenham, and I think Conte gives anyone a game. I think that would be very difficult for them. Then they're away to Everton and Everton. That's who I want to talk about next because Everton, uh, hashtag Lampard out, um, might be trending already uh, because it's almost like as their rival, I feel there, there is a part of me, you know, that feels sorry for them. If I, if I, if, if I take, if they weren't my rival, I'd feel sorry for them, but they are, our rival. So I just want to point and laugh because I don't know who's in charge or what they're snorting at Goodison, but I don't want any of it because they just make they just make shit decision after shit decision. What do you think about it? It's it's a weird one, isn't it? And it's funny because you see people that they lord as heroes for years, Bill Kenwright and those kind of people and Mashiri's millions. And they just, they scapegoat, exactly the same as Liverpool fans. Um, they will point a finger at someone. Oh, it's Mickey Edwards in his laptop. We know nothing about the guy, but he's now the demon. <laughs> we realize, well, not we, those idiots realize pretty soon afterwards that actually he's a genius and stuff like that. You know, people are very good at pointing fingers when, when the team on the pitch isn't lo- isn't winning. And they're a complete mess. But let's be honest. Rafa was never going to do well at Everton. <laughs> it was just... Obviously. Yes, it's a ridiculous appointment. Yeah. He was never going to do well at Chelsea. He was never going to do well at Everton. It's just like, guys, send the guy to um, Spain or somewhere like that where his tactics work. It's just, he's he's burnt bridges in places because he's so outspoken. I and mean, that's why we love him as Liverpool fans. But there are certain clubs he will never, ever be able to do well at. And I wished him well at Everton, but I think everyone knew he's never going to do well. And he's left them in such a state now that their mentality's gone. People want to leave. Their best left back's gone. It's fantastic. I'm loving it. He did brilliantly. (laughs) Agent Rafa to the the front and centre is brilliant. Um, But yeah, but this is another one, Nish, that just... Um, you know, it jumps out as a stupid decision. I mean, Lampard, what I don't understand, what what I don't think Everton fans understand is where they should be, okay? Because you had people complaining 
when they had, for example, Big Sam and he was, you know, they were comfortably mid-table or whatever they were and, you know, rising up to maybe ninth. That They weren't playing attractive enough football. You know, whatever it happened, I can't really remember under Big Sam, but they were sort of comfortable and they wanted more and it wasn't the Everton way of, of tactics and style. So then, you know, they get Martinez and that ends up in Martinez out because he was, you know, a bit rubbish as well. And... You know, they try and play attractive football, they fall down the league. And I just wonder now, with Lampard, who did who did abominably badly, like awfully, he was awful at Chelsea, the same squad that ended up winning the Champions League. He lost, what, six, seven matches before, before the turn of the year with them? I don't know. He was awful at Chelsea. So is the idea now, like realistically to try and avoid relegation and then that's all you're doing with Everton and hopefully you'll buy better players in the summer or, you know, can they even dream of 12th? Uh, I don't know, but I think what we've learnt through the likes of Roy Hodgson, Brendan Rodgers, some managers just have a ceiling and that's the harsh reality for many, many years, could be decades. They have a ceiling. Roy Hodgson's been managing since the Dark Ages, and he's he's only won in certain leagues. I don't know if he even won in those leagues, but he, he talks about I've worked in Switzerland or whatever, uh, and Sweden <laughs> and places like who cares? Um, and these managers would do very very well getting teams promoted, uh, things like that. But inevitably, they reach a ceiling. So if Everton are content being that ceiling or having that ceiling, which they shouldn't be. A club, the history of Everton, with some of the players they have, they shouldn't be going, we have a very low ceiling. But managing a Lampard, hiring a Lampard or that Pereira guy, those guys, it just smells of, we have a ceiling. Rafa, his appointment, if he wasn't an ex-Liverpool legend or a Liverpool legend, would be the right decision. Ancelotti was the right decision. And God knows what happens after that point on. These managers have a massive, I think, culture shock when they realize, oh shit, I'm really managing a middle table team right now and I'm used to managing Real Madrid and stuff. So I don't know. What are your thoughts there? I think some, I was talking to a, a Man United fan, actually, Reese. Uh, I don't know if he's, he, he's listening to this. Hello, Reese, if you are. Um, but he said something very interesting about, when, about Rafa Benitez. He said, if, if Everton get rid of Benitez, then that's it for them in terms of their, their hopes of becoming a really big club again. Because he believed in, despite being a Man United fan, that Benitez knows, and he does, he knows how to organise a team, he knows how to win trophies, um, he knows how to get the best out of out of lots of players. I mean, you could argue uh-huh, maybe he didn't quite get the best out of what, out of one or two when he was a Liverpool manager, but he still won the Champions League, etc., etc. So, I mean, we love him. We know how good he is. And even from the outside, even Man United fans can see that Benitez is a great manager. Um, but yeah, I think he was right, Reese, because now they're, they're moving on to Lampard. And as you say, there's a ceiling, um, which for Lampard, I mean, with Everton, if, I honestly think if he finishes, you know, 12th next season, then he's done well for him, him being a novice manager, because it doesn't, what it doesn't make sense to me. Um, 
you know, from working, I was talking to someone who works at PSG, you know, like I, I, I teach English in, in the football industry here, right? And he was talking about, we were talking about Lampard and he was talking from, um, uh, you know, the point of view of, of the players. When you have someone who has been a successful player, but has no managerial experience, then when they're lecturing you about tactics, there's this element of doubt, and there's this element of doubt that they don't know what they're doing on a, in a managerial context. And he hasn't proved himself. And so I think with, like, I just think it's stupid because it's it's very easy with a character like that to lose all faith. And if you lose all faith in your manager, then your team is in great peril. And he hasn't proved himself. He he almost got promoted with Derby, but he didn't. And that's all he's done. That's the sum total of his managerial uh, successes. And his list of managerial failures is quite a lot longer already. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's ridiculous, to be honest, ridiculous. But, um, yeah, do you have uh, more to say on Lampard? Just a tiny bit. I mean... Hmm. You know, he started off in West Ham and worked his way up, but then he went to Chelsea and he kind of, a lot of the time, felt like it was a free ride in Chelsea. He had all these superstars around you and Lampard's game was really, I'm going to score a lot of goals from midfield by just being in the right place, right time, hitting it in and stuff like that. But then you compare it to someone like Gerard, who was surrounded, even like 2005 Champions League winning team, by some pretty average players <laughs> and dragging a team through to to greatness him and torres basically were the team a lot of the time with people like carragher at the back where you you know carragher famously says he was never ever scouted no one ever asked carragher to join their team sort of thing so there's a difference as well i think in the mentality when a person has really fought and scrapped through their career and we'll see how Rooney does because, you know, Rooney joined, he left Everton as soon as he could, as most players should do. <laughs> uh, and he went to Man United, won everything from that point on. Now, will that become a good manager? Solskjaer, is he a good manager? Uh, Roy Keane, did he become a good manager? You know, I think the ones who really fought, like Gerard, now knows how to fight, now knows how to scrap, had the mentality of, I've got to go 110% every training session, otherwise this team's going to fall apart. And now he puts that into his management style, rather than, oh, training sucks, not getting enough enough wins. Don't worry, Roman's going to go out there and buy 10 more players and we'll be sweet. You know, I just, maybe that's it. It's a complete guess, but... I have a feeling when I see people who have scrapped through their career, maybe have been a shit player, to be honest, but their brain was in the right place and they had to scrap through lower leagues, they actually end up being really, really good managers, potentially. No, yeah, it's a very good point. Um, very good point. Although I will say in, in Lampard's defence in his career, you could tell that he was really, work, he worked really hard as a player. I mean, you could, his improvement, I mean, he was very raw when he joined Chelsea and he did turn into a, a fine midfielder, but of course, not on Stevie G's level in the slightest. And, you know, he's also a bit brainless as well, which I don't know the guy, but you can, you can tell by the way he acts, by the way he talks. He's a bit, you know, there's more, there's more charisma in a, I don't know, in a, in a moat of dust than there is in, in, uh, 
in Frank Lampard's, you know, he's as inspiring as a water biscuit. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, give me a, give me, give me a chocolate hobnob any day. Um, anyway, uh, so what, what are we on about? Oh yeah, something. Oh yeah, something much more serious. Breaking news: Mason Greenwood uh, apparently. I mean, he's been accused by his girlfriend of 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 beating her up or something. I I haven't actually. It's just broken this morning. This story. So, what what's been going on, Nish? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty sensitive topic, and you know, this is not the place for banter. So don't worry if you if you think we're going to banter on about Man United because they're Man United. That's this isn't the place because of course domestic violence is disgusting. Um, but the girlfriend did post on instagram stories and i watched it just before a series of videos of some of her and photos of her her bruises and bloody lip and all kinds of things and and then an audio um of allegedly being mason greenwood i don't know what he actually sounds like um but basically forcing her to have sex with him and stuff which oh god doesn't matter if you're in a relationship or not that's that's bad that's really really bad and she's put it basically under the title of this is what Mason's really like, et cetera, et cetera. So that's just gone straight out to the internet. Um, all I can say is even if one of those small bruises is from him, then I hope the full letter of the law is thrown at the guy because even if he was a Liverpool legend, we saw John Flanagan, right? Less, much less than what he did, but widely dis- disgusted by Liverpool fans and we didn't want to ever see him on the pitch again. He never did. And now he's yeah. off doing whatever he's doing. So it doesn't matter where your allegiances lie. All I can say is please people out there, don't use this as a, as an opportunity to score points. It's just not right. Um, I just hope that the, the girlfriend gets the help she needs because it's going to be deeper scars than the ones on the surface to say the least. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, yeah, I echo all of that, and uh, you know, it just the general level of 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 respect for women in society needs to go up, doesn't it? I mean, we we all have to, you know, uh, talk about that and encourage it in a, in a very in a very serious way that uh, we need to, you know, really really just 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 learn you know finally because this has been going on for centuries and centuries where men you know abuse women and it's just awful and we can we can we can learn from it we can use it to 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 create a better world by by just not doing it you know and speaking out about it and just saying this is absolutely wrong so yeah i mean we'll leave it to the to the to the lawyers to deal with the legal system, the police, etc., which who presumably will will be headed his way, right? Definitely, yeah. And um, I hope he gets the help he needs. I mean, he'll probably get helped by a few police officers and <laughs> prison inmates and stuff like that. But once that's all done, he needs to really look at himself. Um, to that point, though, you know, this kind of molds into the topic of juniors, young people getting to spotlight early, getting on the star stage, becoming big headed and so forth. And to divert slightly off topic there, I don't know if you saw the news, but Crystal Palace of the first club to release a uh, three year post release system or mentorship or something for their academy players that they release at a certain age, I believe it is. 
So what happens because something like 95 out of 100 academy players or 99 out of 100 academy players don't make it. Um, so there's so many players that get let go. And I read a book, um, a really, really good one called Stephen Gerard, Michael Owen and Me by um, a guy who now works as an, in the academy at Liverpool. Uh, a great book, by the way, if you want to read it. But it was, again, post-life after being released by Liverpool Football Club and these guys, Crystal Palace, when people leave, what happens to them? What happens to their life? Where do they go? Do they have to suddenly become a brickie or something like that and work out, oh, I thought I was going to be a rich, famous superstar football player, and, and now I'm doing something that I'm just not comfortable with. So they've set up a three-year program, so I can only applaud those guys. And it, it's going to be one of those things that saves a lot of lives. And uh, I, I wish them all the best. So thank you, Crystal Palace. That's a brilliant thing to do. Yeah, great. Brilliant. Um, I'm full of respect for Crystal Palace, the way, you know, and their fans, the way they, they, they uh, you know, support their team uh, without singing about, I don't know, murder or death or whatever, you know, they're, I think they're, they're, they're a positive club. They, 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 they're building something, they're, they're, they're going up and up and, uh, you know, I'm full of respect for them. Um, and that sounds like a great uh, initiative because yeah, I mean, I I I taught I've taught English at, at academy level as well, and you can see that these young players they they don't they don't really know. I mean, they've been told their entire lives that they can make it as a player, but they probably won't, and that's the harsh reality. So that's a brilliant idea uh, as an initiative to help them uh, settle into society, normal normal in inverted commas society after that um there you go well i just got i mean you know we could talk about you know bournemouth are in for nico williams hopefully they'll you know pay about seven times his his going rate if he does leave but i'll be sad if he leaves because i like nico williams but also uh, west ham are in for kelvin phillips but i'm not going to talk about that nish i'm going to just ask you in general uh, to get back onto the onto the happy tracks of talking about jürgen klopp and the mighty reds you're really excited about this season um elliot is back there's so much to so much joy to look forward to with Luis Diaz um, how many cups are we going to win you said the Premier League the League Cup where we go are we on for the quadruple I'm going to say a minimum of two I'm going to go absolute wow. minimum Premier League and League Cup bare minimum then it's wow. going to be I think the uh, Champions League we're going to put all our focus in FA Cup's going to be our next academy thing. <laughs> like, I think we're using it as rehabilitation for Harvey Elliott. <laughs> so we'll see, what, we'll see what happens. But I don't think we're going to put a huge amount of focus into the FA Cup. Um, but I think it's going to be bare minimum of Premier League and, and uh, League Cup. We're going to win both of those guys this year. Well, that would be absolutely tickety-boo. Um, I mean, especially the Premier League. Someone asked if you could win either the Premier League or the Champions League this season, which one would you choose? I chose the Premier League just for the whole comeback and just to, you know, just, you know, to draw level with United, um, you know, to, to, to really annoy those, those uh, City fans who've just been a bit, I don't know, people called Liverpool fans unbearable, but uh, it's really the City fans, isn't it? Being a bit snotty and, uh, you know, with it, with their with their with their recent success. So for me, it's the Premier League. What do you think, Premier League or Champions League? If you could choose one, it's always going to be Premier League. Like Champions League, eh, got seven of them. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, six of them. Sorry, uh, we're going to get seven anyway. 
But no, it's always going to be Premier League for me. It's it's that one where you wait 30 years, you can't turn your nose up at it anymore. It's just, you've got to keep going for it. It's ridiculous. Um, but I was just thinking just then in my head about Champions League. I'm like, who are the other teams in Europe who are on form, are really top? I mean, the only one that comes to mind is Bayern and Man City. It's like Barcelona are shit. Real Madrid, flaky, beatable. They're kind of in transition. Juventus are shit. Um, pardon the language, but there's not that many really good teams in like really on form teams in Europe at the moment. So I think we have a pretty damn good shot at the Champions League. The more I think about it, it's a great it's a great question. Um, actually, fbref.com for stats bomb they have um they have a, the big five table where they have all the big five leagues: uh, England, Spain, Germany, Italy. And what everyone I haven't mentioned, England, Spain, Germany, Italy and France. Yes. And um, they, they put them all uh, on, on a table for how well all the teams are doing. I think Real Madrid are doing well um, on this table. Man City are top, Bayern Munich are second, Inter a third. So our, our Champions League match could be very interesting. Paris Saint-Germain are fourth, Real Madrid are fifth and Liverpool are sixth in the top five table. OK, in terms of points per game basically um but having watched psg unfortunately they're not very good this year um they're capable of brilliance but there are so many holes and questions and the whole speed of things isn't isn't going very well although verati oh if you can watch verati play these days <laughs> man he's, he's an artist yeah. Ah, he's a real artist. Uh, so he's coming right back into form. Real Madrid are dangerous. Yes, of course they are. Uh, Bayern Munich are dangerous. Inter are dangerous. City are dangerous. But yeah, I think we can we can beat them all. Um, not afraid of any of them. Uh, so, uh, you know, on the note, uh, on that positive note, I guess, um, thank you. It's been great talking to you. And, thank you uh, too. It's uh, I don't know. So so you're you're unlikely to get back into the LFC podcasting game, which is uh, a great loss for the podcasting world uh, because I really enjoyed the LFC couch. But uh, I don't know. Have you got any any messages for the listeners? Well, uh, you know, I'm going to get back into podcasting, uh, but this time going to be doing it through my work. So uh, for those who don't know me at all I, my real life is more business and marketing and things like that. that's what i've been doing for 20 years in my professional life uh and so my work has given me the opportunity to actually start a business related podcast to help build their brand in the region and stuff like that and they know about my my podcasting past and so i said why don't you give it a go so oh, cool i've got a few good uh, contacts here in a and z so not nothing to be announced just yet just that i will be back doing podcasts so watch this space and i hope you guys will give me a listen they'll be really really appreciated excellent stuff yeah follow uh cop on podcast as well on twitter and i shall post all the links and get everybody you know everybody's minds expanded into the world of business if you don't know about it like i do i don't know i, I don't know anything about it to be honest but um you know, it's always good to learn new things. Uh, but thank you, Nish. It's been, it's, been an, it's been more than a pleasure. It's been a delight. Uh, take care. Thank you. Thanks, Owen. Have a great one. Have a good one. And you never walk alone, everybody. <laughs>